Dimity Smith and I am the Founder and Managing Director of Grow Events Group, a boutique rural and agricultural event management, event marketing and event communications agency. I also have a business that's just about to launch called Grow Rural, which is almost like an old school yellow pages, but for rural professionals across Australia. And I'm very excited to be on the podcast today. Yeah, that was, that was professional, Matt. That was like it was know, very uh, was like, communications expert. I was like, did I, I not I, I, that in the shower last night? I did. <laughs> I was I was going to say like if if agriculture doesn't work, you can always get a job on QVC. And on, uh, on what QVC? Do you not know what QVC is? No, no, I don't, I've got no idea what QVC is. Like, yeah, is I was like, is this going to be something really? Is dumb that like a, the Queen <laughs> Victoria? Yeah, Queen Victoria. You don't have QVC in Australia? No, it's. It's like the a the shopping channel. Oh, is it? I thought it was a Queen Victoria, like a cruise ship or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, an announcer. Well, the announcer that. doing the announcers, yeah. you know, it's a professional announcer. No, yeah. the shop the shopping channel. Oh, oh okay. I love the shopping oh. channel. Yeah, That's like can... uh was it called Demtel Direct or some bloody thing? Like uh, Demtel. No, not Demtel. Demtel. <laughs> yeah, what's something like that? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Danos Direct. Danos, Danos, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, you got oh, well. you got a you got a good sales pitch in there, free of charge. So oh, no, I, thank I, you very much. Thank not, you. Normally we cut out that kind of stuff, but anyway, we <laughs> won't. Well, we don't. Yeah, we don't edit. We don't Famously, edit. we don't edit. So unfortunately, you've you got one through to the keeper on us. Yeah. Well, I, I would be uh, if I didn't give it a crack. There you go. I'm sneaking it in. Yeah. Um, right. I'll probably better start off with the six cents before we. Yeah, this is the one bit I have been nervous about. So um, hit me with it. I'm I'm all about psychological testing. So. Well, this is that. I was just about to say you're you're possibly the first person to undergo our psychological testing that has an actual formal training in psychology. Yeah, look, I am a non-practicing psychologist and was a psychologist for ten years, so uh, or twelve years, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. So look, I'm really interested in this to see whether I've forgotten a lot of what I studied and practiced. Andrew, I'm just going to lay down on the couch and just tell you about our childhood first. We'll do it. That'll be the first time. Please minutes. don't. Maybe Please that's... don't, because I haven't been paid for this. So yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what we should do for the podcast: is just have a, 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 a treatment session. Let's talk about your childhood traumas and attachment styles. That's a really fun one. We're only on here for we're only on here for an hour, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) We might need multiple sessions. Andrew's child trauma. (laughs) Growing up in the in the slums of Glasgow. It would be a, it'd be a, a it would have to actually be a, ser- a series rather than one particular episode. If it wasn't for Annie, if it wasn't for Annie, Julie, you know, keeping you sane, you would have turned out a criminal. Well, you know this. Honey, Julie, do that. I've you know got this, one as well. You know yeah. that, that scar on my eyebrow I've got? Yeah. That was my auntie Julie. Really? Backhander. Backhander when you're back chatting to her when you're three. The, uh, the, uh, sure. the, the sunburn on my shoulders. The, the four degree sunburn on my shoulders. Also mm. my auntie Julie. Mm. So that's yeah, why. Right. So that's why. Have I'm you not. had her on the podcast yet? No, but she's, she's an avid listener. But uh, I think you need to get her on the podcast. I'd like to hear her story. But that's why I'm lovely comments to make about you. That's why I'm not a model because of the uh, the damage that was caused oh. when I was in her custody. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't have you say bad things about Annie Julie on the podcast. I'm not saying bad things. Uh, yeah. Just stating facts. Uh, so we're going to six cents. We're going to ask you give you a word or a phrase. You give us the first thing that comes to mind. Either a one-word answer or a short statement. Matt will go first. Finding skilled people in the bush. Challenging, but they're there. Favourite musician. This is hard. Or band. Keith Urban. Oh, no, we had that discussion one time. Again. <laughs> we had that discussion before. Um, Keith Urban, or I'm not going to go, I know who you think I'm going to say, Andrew, which is Taylor Swift, but no, I would have to say, yeah, Keith Urban, definitely, yeah. Uh, um, all right, here's a tricky one and topical. <sighs> Barnaby Joyce. Hmm. Who's your um, local? Who's your federal it's member? Local, it's my. That's local, why I asked it. Yeah. Federal member. 
Look, um, strong leadership. I do not agree with his personal life activities or choices. <laughs> I wouldn't want to <laughs> do you want me to go through? I can say no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. We might come back to it if we've got time. We'll see. We Look, go. I'll just say, just you know, my number. I'm a number one fan of the um, David Little Proud fan club, and he was on the podcast a few weeks ago. So mm. that's what I think. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Running events in rural Australia. Fun, exciting, and so much opportunity. Public relations. Powerful, but changing with digital media. I think that's it. Is it Andrew? I think, or is that? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah one, more, one more, one more, one more. Oh, yeah, you're right. Frocks. Oh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> um, should not be worn outside the house. However, highly versatile and to be used on farm or in the garden or by my nephews it's my nephew's shoe of choice even my dad now is converted and asked for a second pair for christmas so i do own a pair of white crocs they so shouldn't should not be worn outside the house so that's a, i mean no. there are some there are some you know kind of highly fashionable you know the different styles now andrew's got a Fur-lined no. ones, no, fur-lined ones, no, no. for the ca- for the Canberra environment, the cold Canberra winters. Yeah, no, definitely not. That needs to stay at home. No one needs to see that. Um, so I think, yeah, should stay in the house. But look, I just feel like you guys need to get some sort of um, like sponsorship from them or something because you you really give them a plug for, um, yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're not my jam. But, I think yeah. we have we have reached out to them in the past, haven't we? Crocs Australia representative. I don't think we've reached out to them actually, <laughs> but but we have got Patton Park uh, as yes. a informal sponsor. Yeah, and Marino Marino Pools. Oh yes, you're very nice shirts. Yes, of course. Yep, Marino Polos we're wearing right now, and Packton Park, <laughs> and of course the TX crew were very generous in giving us a copy of one of those. Um, I do like. To, I would like to point out something about Paxton Park. Actually, mm. I uh, fried up some black pudding yesterday for breakfast. Oh, it looked like dog food. Oh, you can't. Uh, that's no, it. No, no, that's no. it. Right. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. <laughs> See you when you've got nothing on. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. So, uh, that was a cultural attack. I'm so, sorry. so anyway, I put it up on my Instagram stories, and uh, a picture of it. And Patton Park gave oh. it a, a love heart emoji. Mm. I just want to confirm it wasn't actually Patton Park black pudding. Oh dear! <laughs> uh, no, you can't. But I, I couldn't get I couldn't get access to it. Sometimes it's that it's that popular. Sometimes it's that popular now. Yeah, well, well, but that's... I, can't, I can't get access to it. So maybe they should be sending us another box. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, that just attests to how good the product is. That it's uh, it's in short supply, like every good uh, prestigious product, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like the podcast. Prestigious products. If I made you guys Taylor Swift friendship bracelets, would you wear them? <laughs> um, I I would. I would. I'm very pleased to have your friendship, Dimity, but um, <laughs> I'm not. As you can see, I don't. You know, I don't wear any jewelry. You're not a jewelry no, man. No watch. No. No nothing. You know, no piercings that are public. Um, so, <laughs> Andrew, uh, would you wear it if I sent you one in the mail? Right. I think it's. Uh, we, Andrew's just, more. Uh, Andrew's more of the metrosexual of the two of us, and highly fashionable. So he, I, I mean, probably, he could probably. probably he could probably yeah. get away with a. You know, he could probably I, pro- I probably could. I could. But uh, I'll, I'll get it with ag watches on it. It'll be cute. Oh, that's different. I thought you meant. Oh, yeah, well, we'll get those. You guys can wear yeah. it for the conference that you're speaking at. Yeah, yeah, no. Ag watches, uh, friendship. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, want, to, I don't want one that says Taylor Swift, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't say Taylor Swift. It says ag watches. Oh, well, oh okay. Yeah, sure, yeah. No, it doesn't. So, with the whole thing with friendship bracelets, so I'm going to the concert next Sunday. Um, but you basically get like you can get any write anything on it. You, lots of people write like our different songs and our different eras and stuff. Mine, I've put um, just my own name on there or some friends' names. 
Um, I've done one for Girlfriends Group because you never know who you might run into. Um, and um, I can do one for Ag Watchers. Can I just make a point there, yeah? yeah. Right, friendship bracelets have been around for a long, long time. And this is a, probably the yeah. biggest tangent we've been on in terms of getting away from agriculture. <laughs> huge, 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 big tangent. Yeah, sorry, I really uh, today, but yeah. Um, but friendship bracelets were around a long time before Taylor Swift was even yes. a, a thought in somebody's body. And I don't think they're actually called a Taylor Swift friendship bracelet. They're just called a friendship bracelet. Yeah, I know. I only called them a friendship bracelet. I didn't no. say it's a Taylor Swift friendship bracelet. I, said oh, I think if you, I think if you go back to the recording, it was, you said Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah. So yeah. for her concert, <laughs> sorry. Right. Okay. Yes, well, I there was a miss. There was a miscommunication yes. there. So you, oh, you're, not, you're, you're referring to Ag Watch's friendship bracelet. I'd probably, I'd probably wear yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yes. Well, I'm glad we got that. See, that's why you need good communication. Mm, well, that's, that's exactly that's important to have I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad Matt and I have that <laughs> uh, in, in spades. Um, um, and you didn't ask me a question about like anything Scottish. I was expecting like haggis. Well, we can't, we can't, we can't do everything, you know. Uh, Did I pass the test or have I failed everything? Yeah. Well, uh, we've still got you on, so. Still got you on, you know, for you now. Know, yeah. I, I mean, the, the borderline one was, you know, the, the acceptance of Crocs, but, you know, kind of like, you know, a hidden acceptance is you're not really proudly supporting Crocs, but I did put them on my Instagram a few weeks ago. People were horrified. Mm. You probably mm. need to just come out the closet and just <laughs> accept, <laughs> just and just accept yourself for who you are. Yeah, look, no, <laughs> no, I will not be wearing them to Taylor Swift. Oh. Be comfortable, Matt, Matt. Have we got have we got tickets to Taylor Swift? No, um, no, mate, no. Um, I, like a bit like the other musical reference of Keith Urban, I can't recall, I don't know any Taylor Swift songs or any Keith Urban, like, you know, that, I, neither I, of those artists' I only, songs so, so I on only, my playlist. I only, the only Taylor Swift songs I have heard are ones where she's doing a co-work with Bon Iver and The National. Yeah, I know Bon Iver and I know The National. Both very good bands, but but they, um, but they no. do collaborations with Taylor Swift. Okay, right, and they're and they're yeah. quite good. And yeah, I've never gone either, so that's where I don't know anything. It's French for happy winter or something, isn't it? Bon Iver. Bon, oh, Bonny Iver. Bonny Iver. Yeah. All right. Nice, yeah. nice winter or good winter or. No good winter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the only other thing I know about Taylor Swift is that she used to be in a relationship with a guy that I went to school with or played football against. Oh, and Calvin Harris. That's right. You did say that. Adam Wiles. Sorry, that's his real name. Yeah. And uh, I think they split up because he got caught getting a happy ending at a Los Angeles massage parlor. She did or he did? He did. He did. I was like, she did? Um, yeah, well, right. Yeah. That's some gossip. Anyway. Hmm. He's married now. Yeah. Oh, well. Right on. So as we as we as we move as we move on from the uh, the music and pop cultural podcasts, um... skilled skilled contract staff. You mentioned that they're out there, but they're challenging. Do you want to give us a bit more of an insight into what you mean by all that? Yeah, so challenging to find, and I think I sort of discovered this um, with Grow. Like I, it's still a pretty newish business. Like I've had it for four years, but um, when I was starting to grow, haha. Um, I had, um, I was looking for people and I was really lucky that I found them um, through Instagram. So I had a pretty good engaged following and they reached out to me and um, Kayla, who now actually is on maternity leave and she had a baby on the weekend. So yeah, Kayla, um, she um, is absolutely remarkable and incredible communications professional. Um, but she didn't really have much of a presence on LinkedIn. So had I not had that social media kind of engagement and um, a bit of a personality to it to get her to follow it grow, I wouldn't have found her. Hmm. Um, she's working in regional, uh, sorry, she was um, based from home in regional Queensland on maternity leave and hadn't yet come back to work, but was kind of planning her options. And, and that's where I started to realize there's so many people um, particularly rural women, and I don't want to necessarily say that's what I'm after because I, I really like working with men too, but she happened to be on maternity leave and hadn't come back yet. So I think, you know, you've kind of got LinkedIn for people that are really, 
I guess, proactive and involved in that corporate space. But you've got these amazing professionals that are kind of hidden and they're a bit hard to find unless you have that social media profile. Um, yeah, so that that's the thing. Like they sometimes are a bit tricky to find because they may not be right in your face to be found. And you're, and you're, you're suggesting that's even more so in a regional and rural setting. Like because the Grow business you run, which is the event side and now a new offshoot, um, grow rural that that specifically looks for kind of contract type freelance staff. Yeah, yeah. In in, in, a, in like to be able to help connect rural. the 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 employer to the staff member or and it can be this is more though for people that are like subcontracting almost, isn't it? Yeah, correct. With their own boss. Yeah. 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 yeah um, absolutely. Yeah, because so, you so, kind of think it's like the opposite to seek rather than. Um, you know, and similar to like buy from the bush, buy from the bush, put the spotlight on these retail stores, people from city based areas would come and spend. And that's kind of the idea is trying to get people to come and spend in rural communities, but with rural professional services or rural people in professional services. Okay, so it's not it's not just connecting other rural people to it can be actually targeting people in the city. Or, yeah, or organisations in the city to say, that's do you realise there's a whole there's a whole pool of talent out in the bush that you're not accessing? Okay, that's okay. what we're currently working on is the partnerships with big corporates to say, okay, like whether it is the RDCs that are based in you know city based areas, even you know Dairy Australia, and and I'm on the board of Dairy New South Wales, so I probably <laughs> won't spruik too much, but um, Dairy Australia commonly have projects for different things, and a lot of their farmers obviously are rural. Um, and they get contracts that come up and I'd love to encourage them as part of their, I guess, corporate social responsibility to employ people in rural areas, areas to do those contracts. I suppose mm. one, of the, one, of, so one of the things is, well, at the moment, it's the last four or five years. Like Matt and I have been working remotely for... Three years? Uh, well, I suppose I've been working remotely longer than you, haven't I? Mm. Mm. So I used to work, when Matt and I used to work at, a, at another unnamed company, uh, many mm -hmm. minutes ago, and I don't think I don't think it exists anymore. But anyway, they don't exist anymore. But that's fine. Uh, but I used to work part time uh, from home uh, as well as from the office. So half the week I'd work in the office, and then before that, I worked for another company, and I worked from home then as well. So I've been working at home at least half the time since. Yeah, 2012. I think I think it's so, most of but, the time. But, but, most of the time. Most of the time when Andrew starts at a place like every day and then they quickly say, can you work remotely? For <laughs> That's very clever, Matthew. That, that's uh, right. I like that. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of people have moved from working from home. A lot of people have moved from city areas to regional areas, yeah. work from home. So I guess that's the, the, there's a bigger pool of talent that not, might not have been there three or four years ago. Yeah, and I think too... Yeah, like lots of people move from city-based areas. And I guess Cosy lives, but cost of living has meant that people with young families, particularly that can't afford to live in city-based locations anymore, um, or city locations, um, they're starting to think about what their options are. And so to be able to... Um, and well, what, one of the options yeah. is stop eating smash avo on toast. You know, don't um, go for a coffee okay. every day. Why would you stop that? That's That's... Well, so you can afford the, so you can afford a deposit on your three million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that's yeah, fair call. Whereas in Tamworth, I can still have my avocado and my nice house, which is delightful. But um everyone should move to Tamworth. It's a great regional location. Then then they would be four million dollar houses there as well, as a standard if everyone moved there. So you don't have to promote too much. But is that is that is part of the appeal that you've got good talent, but it's also potentially a cheaper option than us because yes. of that lower cost structure and 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 you've you know you've got um you know you're as as a a business that's maybe already involved in agriculture like some of those SFOs that they're actually then also giving back to the community that's part of their group yeah. right part of their and network exactly. and that's the whole point like they rather than getting someone in Sydney to do a you know a, a copywriting piece on a rural location we'll pick someone out there and then have that money that you're getting from those farms and leave it in that community, keep it in that community. And so it's, yeah, like I guess it's more so a social enterprise. Like I'm still kind of nailing down the, the business model. It is obviously subscription-based for those people putting their profiles on there. It's like a yellow pages. You pay your annual subscription and you're done. Um, but it's really, it's about those corporates. That's the other part of it is using um, the income they're generating from those rural and regional communities and put it back there. This is an opportunity to do that. 
So you could say it was a good way of finding the humans of agriculture. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's a very good point. You could say that. Um, what is this? Humans of New York? Humans of London? There's so many humans of every, everywhere. Um, well, so it's, it's, a, it's a very replicatable idea. Um, so, but there is other sort of similar parallels. I can't remember the names of it, but there are, like, if you're looking for a graphics designer, there's websites out there where you can pitch an idea and then Upwork, various people. Yeah, yeah, those are the things. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So similar to an extent, but for people in the rural well, it's areas. Not so much, it's not so much that it's publicly listed projects like that. Mm. If I wanted to do that straight up, I was focused on just getting an MVP. So before getting to the point where you can post a job and people can all, you know, flock like, you know, seagulls to a chip, um, the goal is that people look through um organizations they have to rather than a paywall straight up they have to put in their details to be able to see profiles and then they will be able to contact that person which goes to the back end of the website then goes to that individual once that contact is made we're hands off whereas Mm. with upwork there's um basically a a process they take a chunk and then go whereas that was some of the feedback that i've heard from business owners and and sole traders is that we don't want anyone taking the chunk of the money take the subscription and leave us alone and that's why i've tried to do it like that so that it doesn't and then all the logistics of that and if they continue to have that relationship and do that i'm not upset by that that's Mm. great and and the the focus is and if anyone's interested matt and i have got an account on upwork where we uh, provide our services offering music and oh. intro music for podcasts. Yeah, yeah, well, that's just that's a new that's a that's one of the new offshoots of Ag Watchers is our musical production business. Yeah, yeah. There, there will be there really will be special. some new there will be some new tunes. Ag singers. Up. Yep the the artist in question has been working on a few new new developments there. Yeah. Is this like very, a ukulele or something? It's with a banjo. Did you say I mean, a ukulele? A banjo, not a ukulele, a banjo. Come on, <laughs> come on. Sort of it's a professional instrument. instrument. A ukulele are for little children and for Tony Tim. Um, <laughs> and hipsters. People <laughs> <laughs> with beards like Andrew. Yeah. Hipster, yes, hipster. exactly. Yes. Trim your beard. Anyway, sorry, continue. Um, I was going to, this Grow Rural is specifically targeted to um, professional services. So you're talking about like legal work, uh, yeah. marketing comms um market analysis potentially andrew you know yes. that kind of you know that kind of stuff and that's why it's interesting because <laughs> no, no one's going to pay for that when we do it for free <laughs> but we've noticed in our uh working you know working life andrew that particularly when you've got um projects that are agricultural focused sometimes they do target professional people that don't have an agricultural background in the cities right and there's a bit of time spent actually educating the people you're engaging because they like some so a professional consultant that doesn't necessarily have an economic uh, they've got the economics capability but they don't necessarily have an agri- agricultural focus economics capability um you know sometimes when you're targeting those city people instead uh you know they're not really aware of how that market or the intricacies of that particular market because they're not involved in it whereas people in the bush that have grown up with it um, you know, if they and they've got the skills, so they went off to uni to get the necessary economic skills. They can actually bring in some of their um, knowledge of of the actual sector because they're living it, right? And they're in it. Yeah, and I think too that kind of goes across to events um, because you might have someone that you bring in to do marketing or comms um, about a particular project um, in agriculture. It might be about something in dairy and if you haven't got an understanding of the dairy process and you, or... and you put up a picture of a highland poo <laughs> and, you put, oh, and you're marketing yeah. you put up a picture of a highland cow angus or... angus, angus, angus or something like yeah, that. yeah, dairy yeah exactly that they put a um a, yeah a highland cow or a um i don't know like some sort of american strawberry roan i don't know like it's it's going to be completely different to if you're in the industry and knowing um the process of you know like bobby calf we won't even go into that but um there's so much stuff that you don't know if you're not in the industry and same with cotton and grains and knowing when planting happens for wheat versus cotton and you know just stuff like that that if you don't have that understanding it's really similar to agri shots i know you guys had on a few weeks ago such a great yeah, and, and that was a perfect example of if you don't understand agriculture, you'll have people just popping up. Like yesterday, I won't go into the detail of it, but 
there was an accident with a tractor and it was a John Deere tractor, but they put a case tractor up. And I mean, like just little things like that, not that it had any relevance, but you potentially are tarnishing Case IH's reputation by association and not understanding those things. Um, it's something just so little like that. And if someone's not aware of those things, I don't know. I think there's just having that knowledge as a rural person can add depth to whatever you're doing. That's one of the, when you talk about um, people getting furious and getting complaints and angry feedback, putting the wrong picture up on a piece of, on an item is one of the most triggering things in terms of complaints, isn't it? It's like, you're talking about wheat and that's a picture of barley. (laughs) I struggle with the wheat and barley thing though. I really do. So that's on me as well. Um, But yeah, so I think that's the, that sort of stuff. And you you think about if someone say for department of, um, uh, destination New South Wales in New South Wales, the marketing kind of side for tourism Mm -hmm. in the state, they're sending out someone from Sydney out to Moree to write a story on the region wouldn't it be so much better to have someone from the region writing that story, not only for the economic impact, but for the actual depth of knowing the ins and outs of each industry, how the town works, what are some really interesting things that may help bring people to town? Um, That's kind of the perspective. But like you said, it's every aspect of professional services from accounting and finance to virtual assistant to consulting in agronomy to um, IT to marketing comms, PR, like the whole scope of professional. You could have, I've you could got have included, it. I've got it. Matt. You could have included. Hang on, you could have included graphic design there, but now with ChatGPT and their ability to create very, very quick pictures, I, I feel sorry for the poor graphic designers. I need you now. guys to teach me how to do that because um, I've been watching those. We don't. We don't, we don't use it. No, oh, Andrew you don't. Andrew, no, Andrew I've got the graphic, graphic design, design course. course. <laughs> I, I, yeah, back in the UK, went back to the UK for a month. Went to, crash- went, to, went to Cambridge Uni. Did it yeah, to do a crash, crash course and because I know Gillian Fennell said that, you know, we've been using AI too much for pictures on, okay. on social media. She criticised and I did tell her that you'd been no, done the course, but she didn't, AI? she didn't believe it. AI, she why, would you, why, it. why would you use an artificial insemination to make a picture? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure. But I was just thinking, remember that business I was talking about, Matt? I don't know if we talked about it in the podcast. You, you this, talk about businesses all your the time, about different businesses. One. The business, one where you're going to be a marriage celebrant as, yeah. as an Outlander style? Is that the one you're referring to? Yeah. There's I several others that. that we've talked I forgot about. about. I forgot about that business venture, that one. I forgot. Yeah, that was one of them. Yeah. So that one can go on to Grow Rural. Yeah. I could, I could go I could go statewide, not just Canberra. No, have you, you had any funny. have you had any engagement yeah. with the marriage celebrant? Oh, you haven't got your you haven't got your certificate. I got my certificate yet. yet. You're I've busy got to getting do my the- certificate, so can you let me know who you go through? Because I've had a friend ask me to do their wedding for them in New Zealand. It's like a, it's literally a twelve month course. Wouldn't if you get an Australian certificate, can you marry someone in New Zealand? Then, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Probably should look into that. You might not be, you might not be qualified <laughs> to marry them in New Zealand. They might have to come I to Australia to get counselling for back. them, but yeah. not the yeah, actual, yeah. That's what, I was thinking, that's what I was thinking of doing, like doing a psychology course as well so I could marry them and then do their divorce. Oh, salty. <laughs> um, but events, yeah? So you run events in Australia, in rural, rural areas. Yes. One of, the, one of the criticisms that you often hear is like a lot of, people, a lot of organizations might do their event in a capital city. Yes. As opposed to rural areas. And I'm in two minds about that. Mm, me too. But, because like... If you're doing a national conference, doing it somewhere like Tamworth is difficult. And expensive for travel. Whereas if you go to Sydney or Melbourne, even Adelaide, (coughs) it's relatively (coughs) easy for everyone to access and accommodation is bountiful. What's your views on that? Um, I am a big supporter of city-based events that consider the attendee. So um, I think... It really just depends on the organisation. Obviously, if so it's does, a- that mean, does that mean like because it's in the city and it's country people, you've got to su- make it suitable for the country yeah, people? Yeah, absolutely. Like, instead of having a coffee cart, have like Nespresso? Not Nespresso, Nescafe? Yeah, maybe like a Nescafe Blend 43 or a Makona. Like that's what yeah. my dad loves and lives by. So um, none, of, none, of this, like none of this light sipping. No light, thank you. No. We're not in Bondi. Um, no, so I think... 
the most important thing is is consideration for that individual. And I think I've <laughs> Matt. Do you drink lattes? Sorry, did I hurt your feelings there? Yeah. Yeah, I think Matt's frozen. She's <laughs> laughing because uh, the biggest, the biggest, co- the biggest coffee snobs I've encountered have been, have been, um, you know, kind of people in regions and rural areas that you know they do like their coffee. Yes, Matt, <laughs> and I drink it. Sorry, sorry Dimity. Matt, can you make sure your can you make sure your Wi-Fi is on? I'll do it. I'll connect it. You're supposed to do that before you get on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very unprofessional. It's very unprofessional of me. I was going to say live TV, but live podcasting. Um, yeah, so I think the thing is, is that whenever I do an event, and I think this comes from background, I did work as a community manager um, for the UNE Smart Region Incubator for a while, and prior to that doing work in psych, um, is taking a design thinking approach with everything that you do and really considering the, the customer journey. So I think sometimes what happens is you have people that think about what they like or what they would want or what they think is a good event concept or style but what you actually need to think about is the entire experience of the individual from when they leave farm gate or wherever they are rurally to get to the conference what are they taking time off from their work or from their farm and what's making it worthwhile like things like having academics talk about their success of their program probably isn't necessarily going to be the most engaging thing but having someone talk about i don't know um you know, modelling of um, urea prices versus what was pitched by episode three, you know, just stuff like that that is going to be really interesting and valuable knowledge. Um, That's kind of, I think, more important. But, you know, everything down to, like, we're doing the Motherland Conference for Stephanie Trithui in the next few weeks and we've got lots of rural mothers coming um, off farm and we've we've thought about, okay, well, if they get... Is that in in Tasmania? In Launceston, yes. Are you going to visit their their business? Please don't discuss that, Andrew. Shush. Um, so we don't go into that. Uh, and I I could say a lot more, and I will not because anyway. That'd be, so, cool. That'd be good. You could visit the farm and you could visit their meatworks. Um, <laughs> I don't think she owns any meatworks anymore. She doesn't. Oh, She's not an owner. That is her partner, Sam's Farm. So yes. Um, anyway, so the um. The event itself has, we've really considered the program um, with mothers coming that they're going to want a break. And you go to these events, and I find this with ag conferences, you go there, you start at eight, you don't finish till five, you go to dinner, then you're there till late at night, and you're literally stuck in a room. And it might be next to a beach somewhere, but you haven't even had a chance to have a break and have time to enjoy it. And so I think it's about really thinking about who is attending and what do they actually really want from this? What are they coming there for? Um, and thinking that through properly. So I think if it is wherever it is, I think city is probably better because sometimes it's more central, cheaper, more options for accommodation, food, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, if you can do it rurally, fantastic, particularly, you know, regional centre like Tamworth, highly recommend. Um, but there's pros and cons to both sides. Yeah, it, it, it's, so it's a matter I've, of how, so how, how big the conference is, what the event <clears> is, you know, who's likely to. So you've got to think of all those things before you potentially pick the venue or so the, yeah, or the location. Carving? When are they I've, planting? I've, when are they picking? Like, you know, when are they harvesting? Is it Melbourne Cup time? Um, that's an event I've got an idea. Melbourne Cup Day last year. I was like, what? <clears throat> So I've got an idea for you, yeah? Okay, hit me with it. Go. Because right. a lot of people are time poor, yeah? Mm-hmm. And you're right. If you want to go to a conference or whatever, you also want to fit it in with some other stuff, some fringe benefits, some enjoyment, yes. some leisure time. Yes. Whilst we always argue about, oh, we should have them in rural areas, we should have them in a city, blah, blah, blah. What we should start doing is doing more conferences in Fiji and New Caledonia where – you can get out there because it's probably the same price to get to Fiji or Caledonia as it is to get to Sydney or Brisbane. For I was going to say, go to Perth for a vote ag. Like that was going to cost me, like I think it was like $1,800 by the time I booked the flight. That's just to get there. That's not that's not the ticket price. No, no that's just me flying over there from Tamworth. Yeah. So so we're doing events in New Caledonia. You do two, two days of conference and then you can have a couple of days either side at the beach eating fresh fish and whatever else. Well, I don't understand why we don't do that. 
We could do, we could even do, do events in old Caledonia. You've just been there, Andrew. Exactly. But, but that's expensive. That's 26 hours on a flight. But New Caledonia, yeah. Fiji, uh, Papua New Guinea, whatever, they're all pretty close. Well, even things like, I mean, Cairns. I did an event there for the Agrifutures Stakeholder Summit last year in July. And we did Atherton Tablelands, like day trip. They did Great Barrier Reef exploring the, um, the coral um, project to try and sort of help with the bleached coral. And so anyway, it was the most amazing week. It was incredible. You've got Young Horizon Scholars, the Rural Women's Awards, all the panels, um, the advisory panels. I just, just being around those people, I, I felt so much smarter and it was the most amazing week. But even going to somewhere like North Queensland or I've pitched so many events to be in Broome because I just love Broome. Broome is my favourite place in Australia. But that's yeah. expensive to get to. That's expensive. So expensive. So, so, I've, so I've got to pitch an idea. Sorry. Here we uh, go. There's another one. I'm ready. It's not, right I'm, I'm, it's, this is an advertisement, actually. Okay. Uh, Matt and I are going to offer a four-day commodity markets course. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is news to me, yep. Uh, in July, right? Yes. Because that's away from seeding, it's away from harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, in, time, but anyway, yeah, okay. Continue. In New in New Caledonia, yes. Well, that's not keeping money in the Australian economy or in the regional and rural setting. That it gets, it gets us all the holiday, doesn't it? It's going yeah, to be lim- limited you numbers. Could do it in, you could do it in Tasmania or King Island or some other Australian. Uh, in July, know, in July, yeah, in Tasmania be, in July. Yeah, because. Nice, nice, proper climate. Uh, get the fire going and then glass of port at the end of the night and sitting That's there. It's always your... good to remember. I've always, my dad has always told me this story about sharpening the saw. You probably know this analogy that you can continue to cut down a tree with a blunt saw as long as you want, but unless you have a break and go and sharpen it and then come back and cut it in one go. I think there's as much value going to New Caledonia, having a proper break, getting the most out of it. You will then put the money back into your economy when you return home. There you go, Matt. There you go, Matt. Get your get your saw out for the lads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just I've just been okay. I've been I've been told it's it feels a little bit like the headmistress telling me off. No, it yeah, wasn't yeah. meant to be like that. It was more like <laughs> I'm a psychologist and I'm going to teach you yeah. something. So I think so. Matt, if anyone's interested, drop us a line and we'll I'm do interested. it. I'm we'll, interested. I'll plan it. Let we'll me do, do it. We'll do a trip to New Caledonia or Fiji. Um, and what are your thoughts on Bali? No, no, eh, maybe. I enjoy uh, Bali. I no, love Bali. No, 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 you get a no. villa there. No, thanks. Thailand, Philippines, Laos. Yeah, no, Burma. too, too, too humid. New Caledonia, New Caledonia, possibly. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, if, 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 anyone's in, if anyone's interested, uh, get in touch with us. Limited numbers. So six, seven, eight? Ten. Ten. Ten, including us. Yeah. Intensive. Uh, uh, intensive course, uh, tax deductible because it's... I'll bring the whole group team as an end of year celebration. And um, bring your bring your speedos. <laughs> that'll be... Um, that'll be a sight. That'll be a sight. <laughs> I've seen Andrew in your speedos. It's a it's a fine mm. specimen. I feel like he's a pudgy smuggler type, and it's got yeah. like some Scottish reference on it. No, complete Aussie meat oh. pies, yeah. meat pies, and this is what this one with some kind of fish and chips. Dog, it? Yeah, fish and chips. That's what I was. It was some <laughs> other. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be too. You know, kind of. One referencing some kind of a you know on innuendo. One, <laughs> one, 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 set, one set in bright pink and one set in bright yellow. Mm. All right, we're deviating a little bit, but I wanted to get across because there's two more things that was in the sixth sense that we haven't spoke about. One with regards to public relations, I'll hit first because you said that it's powerful, but it's something Andrew and I discuss occasionally in that public relations kind of media, you know, marketing comms kind of space. How much... Like, do you think the average punter knows when it, you know, because you hear the, the reference of the spin doctoring stuff or, you know, trying to, you know, um, influence people uh, and it's quite obvious. Do you, do you think people fall for that kind of type of manipulation? Because we, I don't know, my personal view is that we're not that stupid as a society. That no, I might be and I, well, it, it depends on the society you're referring to and who's looking at it. Um, so, you know, you've got people who are, 
not necessarily educated, but maybe um, critically evaluate information. And they're the ones that are able to kind of use deductive reasoning to kind of figure out what's right from wrong um, or what's been spun. Um, <clears throat> case in point, you know, Barnaby was on medication in the last week and that's why it was messed up um, what was going on. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what was the question again. We were <laughs> I'm just saying. Do you think? Do you think the average punter, like you know, maybe it's just me being highly sceptical, but there's a whole industry built around that. Whether it's whether it's just advertising or marketing or comms or like, there's a lot of people in, involved in that space trying to moderate, uh, you know, what's out there in terms yeah. of people's impressions of a business or a person, like you said with Barnaby. Do you think the average punter falls for that rubbish, or do they look and go, "That's just more"? marketing spin or PR. Yeah, I think people can see that now because I think there's enough out there to kind of, without going Donald Trump, but get the truth. Um, You know, I think that there's, no one can get away with stuff like they used to be. Is that because of, you mentioned social media when you spoke about PR and you said that the landscape has kind of changed because of social media, right? Well, no, I think digitally. So, you know, at the moment um, there's this big shift and I'm trying to remember where I listened to this podcast, but um, basically talking about the fact now that it's no longer PR. Previously, companies would send product to um, like a, a magazine or a publication to get them to write a story about it and put it on their website, and that was considered the PR. But what's happening now is that... Slightly shirts. Yes. Mm. Um, but now influencers, you guys are influencers, you're wearing those shirts yeah. and people are going, oh, I actually want to buy that. And they're wearing that each week in the podcast and people are going, oh, I've seen that. I, I trust that. Because but the difference like, is the difference is though that we're genuine, and the, that's, that's the point, the, right? That the PR only really it. works if there's if there's truth and genuine uh, a genuine nature to it. Then then people go, yeah, actually, I get that. Whereas if you're trying to do PR or marketing or com or spin, whatever you want to call it, and there's actually not a genuine aspect to it, that's where it falls over. So you kind of yeah. can't you can't spread like, shit. like like com- like companies that <clears throat> I, I find one of the biggest PR things. That I cannot stand is companies which have bad reputation with the staff members of have a bullying culture, hmm. and then go out and promote Dolly's Dream and about anti-bullying or Are You Okay Day. When yeah. if you speak to any member of their staff, they'd be like, "Fuck, it's a terrible environment." Da, da, da. Or mm. International Women's Day in yeah. organisations that have a board with one woman on the board. Hmm. It's, yeah, exactly. I think it's yeah. about that authenticity and, and people now can tell if it's true and genuine and authentic. Um, and I think that's the only way. Well, I, I think now people look for that as their number one indicator of whether they're going to purchase or engage with that brand. It's no longer about whether it's been in Dolly Mag, not Dolly Magazine, in Harper's Bazaar or in Sydney Morning Herald. It's actually, okay, well, do I trust this person on Instagram that I'm following? They're pretty authentic. They're pretty honest with what they do with reviews of things. Okay, I'll make a purchase because of that. So I think, yeah, I think, like you said, everyone's extremely sceptical now. And I think because people who are more transparent and honest, the trust is there with them and therefore that converts to a sale or a purchase or an mm. involvement. Yeah. Mm. So that's been changed the dynamic for people in that space. Do that like do do some in the professional capacity that that's their job to manage the PR or the marketing or the comms? Do do you think they actually get it, or are there some there that are still steadfastly refusing and thinking that they they actually can still manipulate? You yeah, know, I like- think that's the old school that that probably don't quite realise. And I think again, this has come from this wave of digital media that unless there's trust and i think that's the other thing too is even with the shift across i don't know if you guys have instagram threads um uh, well yes we do but i started yeah, that- andrew andrew manages that social media stuff. Oh, yeah. we, we, we've, he's we've the youthful we've- he's the youthful one in the in the in the duo i think we, I-, I asked him the other day do you do you have anyone that you know that's on tiktok and he's like i'm 38 <laughs> i was like okay right <laughs> um, got, we do have a tiktok as well we just don't yeah. use it we just, so, register, we just register the name just in case we want to use it. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that brands are starting to realise that when they went on in, on Instagram or threads, your brand had to have an authentic, honest personality for it to be picked up. Otherwise, people weren't following it. You know, there were things like Country Road were just sort of slapping images and stuff on there and Camilla and Mark, but then She's on the Money, Money podcast. They were like really opinionated, honest 
straightforward and their following went up so quickly again because people attached to the authenticity and the trust in the brand because of how transparent and I guess opinionated they are whereas if you have brands that kind of sit back and they look polished like I don't know a big four or something like that that the trust well there's just so much more skepticism and they're probably not going to go down that pathway with digital maybe that's one of our issues Matt is that we're too professional and too polished and we don't have any opinions and very trustworthy. I feel like you are trusted because of the unpolished, not unpolished, the um, we're trying, we're trying to say We've been, we've got professional training from customer We We actually, we actually work hard. We, we're, we're consummate actors and we're so, we're so professional and skilled at this. So we, we work really hard at coming across really amateur. Right, and it's, it's all nice. this is all this is all scripted too. By the way, it sounds like we're just making it up as we go along, but this is our what fifth time we've done this. this? What do you think this is? Pages yeah. and pages of script. You can but hear the if you listen closely, you can hear the pages ruffling in the background as we go to the next line. But I think that's the thing, though, is that that's that's, that's not the pages rustling. That's just a tumbleweed. There's no rustling. hiding. There's no hiding. You guys tell it how it is, and I think that is. Um, how an organization builds trust and you don't need to spin. You can put a product out or a service and people trust because you have been open and honest about sometimes your controversial opinions. Um, but people either love that or they hate it and they're your people. And that's why it's similar to Auctions Plus. You know, they have some of the most trusted following and audience. This is the, this young audience that are coming through because it's been something as straightforward as, as auctions. That's all it's been. It hasn't been a spin. It's just been what it is and it's been transactional and that's all it's been. So they follow. I'm glad you, made, I'm oh. glad you mentioned an actual, because that's my next question was around a business brand because Andrew and I've had this discussion before too when it comes to that level of, of trust and particularly engagement, sometimes social media engagement or engagement with your audience when you're a business that's a brand business like an Auctions Plus or an Elders or a Nutrient or whatever, one of those big ones just has the brand and they've got a team of marketing, PR kind of people, you know, manipulating what they do, right? And I'm not, I don't mean manipulating in a bad way. That's just their role, right? But they still put out stuff as the brand. It's always the brand, the brand, the brand. But do you reckon that has as much cut through if it's not an actual person or, a, or like a personality that people can, do you know what I mean? Like, cause, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's you know, the case. When if you it see it as just, you know, it could be a bank, National Australian Bank, whatever, right? If people see and they go, that's a corporate, it's a corporate entity. It's not a person, even though it's a team of people doing it. I don't, how can I engage with a corporation? I can't, right? So straight away they're at a disadvantage because they don't have a face, right? A person or, or you know, like someone that's actually, a person you can build a proper relationship with who can see, you know, that that's where I reckon they miss the point, right? Yeah, and they unless can, you've they... got that tone of voice, people can't necessarily connect with it. And so if you don't have that tone of voice for your brand, um, and that's the thing, like, again, tone of voice can be can work worth both ways. Like, you can have someone who's so opinionated, let's say Barnaby Joyce, right? He's an individual, but he's also, a, a, like, he's a product of the Nats. That's him, he's forward-facing, front-facing thing. Some people, like in our region where the voting was so heavily skewed to him, some people just love him and he's so opinionated and he's talks some absolute nonsense. But then you've got other people who absolutely hate him and hate him with the fire of a thousand suns. But I think the thing is, is that that's when you know you're onto a good thing with a brand you have your following and you have your people that trust you. And I think that's the that's where some big brands that have just this non-outwardly facing human, like a big four or whatever, they miss out. Um, but again, that might not be their brand strategy. So that's fine. I'm glad I'm glad so you brought up Barnaby Joyce a couple of times there. Like we wouldn't have brought him up necessarily, right? But now that you have, I want to ask you that question because exactly what you're saying about brand and all that leads into just the most recent, you know, shenanigans, which we don't have to detail because most people know what it's about. What and we've that's, said it. That's happens when you go for a night out with me. 
<laughs> well, he didn't have half of his face left on the on the pavement. Oh, that's fell right. Over that's the so, whole thing. You told me that. That's so, the best you know, story. Have you shared that happen, on here? It can happen to, to the oh, best yeah, of us where you fall over off something, Andrew, and, and injure yourself. That can happen. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's part of the authenticity, right? And, again, you know, the, the professional acting that came in to do that, remember, Andrew, like to, to put that's, our body on the line. It's been a stunt double. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the makeup that was there to apply yeah. this, this, the pretend scarring I have to put on when I go to an event. So they, they, were, they, were, they were thinking of getting a stunt double for you, but, Di- but Diane DeVito was busy that week. <laughs> I thought you could have at least said Ricky Gervais or something much kinder. Um, all right. Uh, so what I was going to ask about Barnaby, and look, we said at the outset, he's your federal member. Um, so you're there in the town. You're a, you're a notable person yourself around Tamworth. People know who you are and you're well, you're well connected, right? So what is the general feeling around that, that whole shenanigans? Like are people just going, oh, that's just Barnaby and, and moving on, or, or is this a bridge too far now that it's really a questionable kind of behaviour? Well, no, what's the general I, what's the general vibe? Yeah, I think the general vibe is that um, it's it's really sad that it's got to this point that we just kind of go, oh, that's Barnaby. Like, and I think that's the general thing. Like, no one's happy about it. No one likes it. It's disgraceful behaviour. And I don't even want to say it's disgraceful behaviour, but if there's genuinely a problem, then he and he needs support. And that's, that's the thing that it comes down to. Like if that was um, a female minister that that had happened to and she was rolling around on the ground on the phone swearing her head off at someone after coming out of a pub, that person would be stood down and asked mm. to take leave. And in any professional organisation, even non-professional, if someone is in that situation and also has that impact to a brand, that's a, am I making you tired, Andrew, am I? No, I just sort of, it's been a late night. <laughs> He's just yawned. I was like, well, sorry. Um, this obviously isn't chirpy enough for you this morning. Um, but I think the thing is, is that in any other circumstance, it's it's almost like that um, analogy of the frog that you put in cold water and you gradually turn it up and it won't jump Boiling, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the and boiling I think, frog. I think that's what's happened. Not that we're, not that we're, not that we're recommending people should, or for animal uh, mistreatment or anything no, of definitely that not. No, no, yeah. it's purely analogy, analogy. Yeah. But I think that's the thing is that it's it's been this gradual poor behaviour that everyone's kind of become incremental, incrementally getting worse and worse, and, yeah. and now it's yeah, now it's just acceptance. Yeah, and it's you know, if he, I, I think that's the challenge is that um, trying to persuade someone because if that was a new minister that started um, and and jumped in straight away and behaved like that. I don't think that that person would be able to stay in for much longer. Um, so it's, I don't know, it's a really tricky thing. But how much, of, but how much when you said before about those rusted on kind of, you said Barnaby's a Vegemite-type politician, you either love him or you hate him. For those yeah. ones that, that are in the community that do love him, isn't this part of the that's part of the profile? That's that's isn't that part of the the appeal? He's one They're of the not ladies, about least, Australian yeah. bloke who just loves a bloody good time at the pub and um, you know he was smoking away out the side of his um, wedding and having a good time and cutting about in his ute the morning feeding cows and he's just your regular standard Aussie bloody politician circa you know, the style of Bob Hawke back in the day who sculls a beer at the pub. You know, it's part yeah, of... Yeah, he, he held a record. He held a record for drinking beer uh, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Guinness, rec- Guinness Book of Records, yeah, I think right. it was. So, yeah, right. And I think that's the thing. Like, it's part of this whole... Sorry, I just thought there was a peacock out my window. Um, but there's this... Larrik- there's a couple of peacocks on the podcast. <laughs> this larrikin kind of thing is very much his, his stick. And I think people love that about him because it means that they can be themselves. And, and we're in a, a region of, you know, you've got farming cockies that are potentially, you know, blue bloods as well from the Walker region, Armadale region, um, that would be generational Nats voters um, that, that froth on him and love him because they've known him from a young person at school through till this carry on now but for many years he was very very well respected um by that social set and he so had then just, but then does that mean does that mean that this will just you know once it dies down it'll just go away and you'll continue on or is, is like 
No, is, it'll continue something. on. It'll continue. Yeah. I just, I just think the thing is, is that the the issue is with our region is that, and I had this conversation with someone only two days ago that they're like, oh, who's a female nat who would be a great person to step in after Barnaby? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> she said to me, she's like, what about you? I was like, definitely not. No way on this earth would I put myself in that position. Well, um, is that because is that because you could, you know, find yourself every now and then laying around after a big night out on the horses or something? Or look, I feel like after maybe maybe after Scone Cup, uh, this yeah, I'm like one time I fell over a boundary fence, but that that was years ago. But you, um, and you, and you had you had prescription medication at the time, so. <laughs> Just a little Valium to help me get through the day. Um, no, but the, um, but yeah, I think the, um, the, yeah, I wouldn't wish to pursue any of that because I think you make a choice about a lifestyle that you'd like to have and I don't wish to have that lifestyle or have the impact that can happen, which we've seen recently of someone being associated with a farm and what some animal activists can do. I would never want that to happen to my parents or my brother and sister-in-law and their kids on our dairy farm i just would never yeah, yeah. and 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 to put yourself out there in the public guide of that nature and particularly i think maybe for a woman as well you've got to be you've got to be pretty kind of hard yeah things thick-skinned and, and and prepared for a, a real you know hard hard kind of life potentially yeah right? and i'm not yeah. that i'm a sensitive soul but doesn't that say doesn't yeah. that doesn't that say more about you know the the political nature. Well, that's, well, that's the same with any minority. For instance, if I was to do it, obviously mm. as a minority, I'd also have to have a thick skin. Mm. Yeah, yeah that- I think anyone has to have thick skin to be able to do it. And I think, yeah, you you can't you, just the mental toughness that you'd have to have um, is yeah, I couldn't imagine it. And I'm I'm just I don't have that. I can manage my own world and life and but is that is that is that then part of the reason why we get the same old characters whether they're male or female or whatever background they are um in terms of a member of a minority we get the same personality types going for these things uh instead of different personality types because the different personality types look at it and go there's no chance in how i'm going to do that yes. job because of the you know what, what the risks are so therefore we get people that are one particular type you're right. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think yeah. too. And then, like, and then we complain there's no diversity, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think as a woman, um, as much as people might say, you know, if I, I want to have family in the next few years, um, you, you have to make a choice. You can't have everything. And that's, I've always been a believer. Yeah, you, you can, I guess, have it all. Depends what you define as having it all. But it can't be at the same time. And so someone in my age group who has a family or wants a family it's just not realistic. And I think like you, what you said, um, there's these a continuation of these personality types that are either like hard and fast political, this is all I believe, this is what I wanna do. I hate labor, I hate liberal, whatever, I'm helpful ever going for this. Um, and as a result, yeah, the party isn't changing, but I think that's a result of all the other stuff behind it, not because people don't wanna make a difference, but because of all the additional stuff. And I think too, potentially women really consider those things maybe more than men. I don't know whether that's the case. That's just a hypothesis. But I think that that plays into it a lot. How will this affect my family? How will this affect my kids, my friends, my lifestyle, my cat? Um, You know, all of those sorts of factors. I reckon that's a good way to point to wrap it up on. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. And he's like, we're done. I need to go. <laughs> I do have a meeting in five minutes. Uh, but it was a good way to wrap it up. And I think you're right. It's all about trust. And it's all about, you know, being, defining it, what you want to do and getting the right avenue. And I think that's one thing that can be investigated during the 2024 New Caledonia Commodity Update trip in uh, in July. Uh, limited numbers, uh, getting quick, and then we'll start to organise it. I'm quite yeah, serious about I'm, that. I'm keen. I think we should make it a date and lock it in. Just make it happen. All right. Watch this space then for those that are listening in and interested. Flick us an email if you're keen. We'll see what kind of uh, we'll test the exp- waters. We're doing expressions Wait, of interest. Go, before we go, who's the target audience? We need to just clarify that first. Who's the target audience? 
people that are grain producers <laughs> and people were prepared to spend five days at a beach resort with us and livestock producers and livestock producers yeah 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 there you go and people interested in you know fertilizer anyway people, people, like, um... people like seafood yeah yeah, right you know one with crustacean allergies. You're not invited. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna have some chips. And there may or may not be some alcohol consumed in moderation. And moderation. Responsibly. Thank you. And mo you moderation and everything, including moderation. <laughs> it's it. Okay. Thanks for coming on, Dimity, and uh, spending time with us. It was an interesting chat around a range of topics. Um, appreciate. It. Good luck with your uh, grow ventures. Uh, grow rural. Thank um, you. And uh, yeah, we'll see you. And hopefully, got... I can have um, you guys speak at some events. I think it'd be great to have you um, have you involved. That'd be good. We're always happy to speak at events. Always happy to speak. Okay, see you when you got nothing on. Ciao for now. <laughs>